Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here, and we are continuing our message series called The Pursuit. You know, for me, I can't think of The Pursuit without thinking of a police chase. I grew up in Southern California, and we have a lot of police chases that end up on our TVs, and I grew up rooting for the police to pursue and apprehend the suspect. This is something that is, I think, unique to Southern California, or at least unique to our area. Not They don't do it in Texas as much, where my wife grew up, because she was always just perplexed by why we're so into these police pursuits, but now she's getting into it herself. Police pursuits, they give us a good picture of what it looks like to pursue something. Speeding through, trying to apprehend the suspect. But there's so many things in life that we can pursue, that we we try to give our full effort to to make happen in our life. Safety, it, it turns out, that's a big pursuit. Uh, for people these days, you know, COVID really exposed this pursuit of wanting to feel safe, wanting to feel like we're, we're in a safe environment and people go ex- to extreme lengths to feel safe. Another pursuit that we have is wealth. We'll go to extreme, extreme lengths to try to become wealthy or pursue uh, having uh, independent wealth. I read an article a couple of weeks ago of a guy who signed up for the Six Flags annual eating pass. And his office was close to Six Flags. His residence was close to Six Flags. He would go there for lunch and dinner almost every day for the last seven years. And so he spent $1,050 for his lunches and his dinners for the last seven years. He was able to pay down his student loans. He was able to buy a house and he got married. Now, we that is an extreme way to try to accumulate some wealth by saving money and going to eat at Six Flags. Another thing that we want, that we pursue in life is honor or power, influence, maybe some prestige. We'll go through great lengths to uh, get a promotion, or um, we will go through great pain to further our academic standing. Uh, I'm in a doctor of ministry degree right now, and I'm going through some pain as I'm trying to get that academic um, credential on my on my resume. These are some of the pursuits that we'll go after in life, and they seem to promise a better life. But the question is, do they really? Do these things really promise a better life? Because the thing with safety is there's always something more that you can do to be more safe. And so you can never really feel safe when there's these other things out there that are are showing you you're, you're not safe right now. So you just keep pursuing over and over and over again. And do you ever really feel safe? Another thing is wealth. You know, you can keep pursuing wealth over and over and over again, and you can achieve one goal and maybe you buy a house or the car you want, or you get so much in your retirement account and you can feel good, but then there's a diminishing return on that feeling. Another thing is honor and power and influence, prestige, that that has a diminishing return as well. And it can be lonely at the top. And so what we're talking about pursuing in this message series, is wisdom. That's the pursuit that the Bible 
really shows us that we need to focus on. Because we have the best life when we seek wisdom diligently. Proverbs 8, 17 and 19 is wisdom talking. And look what wisdom says here. It says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness, my fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. This explains what our pursuit in life should be. Wisdom is what we need to seek diligently. We need to persevere it like we see the police persevere apprehending a suspect. They use all the resources at the police's disposal, helicopters, a lot of police cars. They use their training and how to apprehend this suspect that is trying to get away from them. We must persevere and pursue wisdom like we see the police do it. We've got to seek wisdom diligently like it's talking about here in Proverbs 8. Wisdom, it looks at situations and the situations in front of us and it asks the question, how can I make a better life rather than a worse life in this situation? I mentioned that I'm in a doctoral program right now. There was actually several pastors that were deciding if we were going to do this program together. And I looked at my situation and it just, it seemed like a good time to, to pursue this degree. I asked advice. My kids' ages, the what we was going on in church life, it all seemed to make sense for me to pursue this doctoral program. Other guys that were looking at it and what was going on with their churches and their kids' ages and just the entirety of life, they decided that it wasn't the time for them to pursue that degree. You see, biblical wisdom, it it leads us to make the decision that's going to result in the best life for us and for the people around us. And so that's how we can look at the same thing and have similar goals in life. And some pastors decide not to do the doctoral program. Other pastors decide to do it. That's what wisdom will do. It'll help us to see situations from God's angle and choose what is the best path forward for us. Sometimes the answer is to choose more safety measures. Other times you make moves to grow your wealth and maybe take some risk, and other times you you don't do that. Sometimes you take the promotion. Other times you might not take that promotion because it's going to take more time away from you and your kids at a key time in life, or it's going to cause you to move away from a church community and friends that are really helping you to grow in your relationship with God. The thing about pursuing wisdom is that it gives us a tremendous amount of advantage in life. And these advantages are a lot of the things that we pursue in life. On the back page of the uh, sermon notes, I've included an excerpt from the book Seven Weeks of Wisdom by Harold Bullock with Randy Lanthrop. And it shows the advantages that come from wisdom. It turns out that Focusing and pursuing wisdom, it results in safety, wealth, and honor, and so much more. You can take a look at those advantages at some point this week. When we focus on just any one of those things, we get blinders on, 
And we, we forget or we don't see how what we're focusing on, what we're pursuing is going to impact the other areas of our life. So focusing on wisdom is really going to help us lead, help lead us to the best life that we can possibly have. So how do we get it? How do we get wisdom? Well, last week we looked at the, the pipeline and how wisdom, it corrects us first and then principles and, and reasons follow after that. And what that reveals really is that God uses the flow of life to train us towards wisdom. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12 says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord pr- reproves him who he, whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. A good earthly father disciplines his child so that he learns how to live in line with God's ways. Because the earthly father knows that a little pain now is going to set that child off to have a better future as they learn to live life God's way. Well, God is our father. He's made life. He knows how life is going to work. He knows what we need to do to produce the best life possible for us. And so he will correct his children so that they learn to live life his way. This perspective is really key to pursuing wisdom. God loves those that he reproves. God is correcting us because he wants us to experience life the way he intended it to be. That That is where we will find true, lasting joy. So how does God correct us? Well, here's some sources of reproof um, that just happen in the flow of life. The first is scripture. Uh, we can read the Bible for ourselves or in messages that we hear. The God uses his word, the Bible, to correct us, to show us the right way to live. That verse that is referenced there on the handout is 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That shows the impact, the power of God's word to help lead us on the path towards God's ways and wisdom. Also, circumstances are another source of reproof. Now, a word of caution with this source of reproof is that not every bad circumstance that we run into is God correcting us. God does use circumstances to correct us, but sometimes a bad situation is not a result of some correction. There, there's, there's evil in the world, and bad situations happen sometimes and that it's not God trying to correct us. It's it's just it, it it happens. It's a part of life. My wife um, has had on and off again major health problems with her autoimmune disease the last three or four years, and she ended up having a major surgery this summer, and then she had surgery number two a couple of weeks ago, and then she has another surgery coming up um, at the end of the year. There's situations in life that that happen. We we've prayed, we've we've tried to figure out is God trying to correct us? Is there something we need to do um, in response to this situation? And we can't. We know that God is using it for good in our lives, and He's teaching us stuff through it. But we can't figure out any way that He's correcting us in this situation. I've had other situations where I know God is correcting me. Uh, my my uh, 
when my son was born, my first son, I would come home from work and I'd be thinking, man, what, what's, what is Gina doing all day? There's dishes that need to be done. And so I would go and do them. And this was all in my head. I'm sure it came out in my attitude as I was doing dishes and trying to help clean up and things. But then Gina got sick. And God used that circumstance to correct me big time. I went from asking, what is she doing all day, to how does she get anything done all day as you're trying to keep this tiny little human alive? So there's circumstances that God uses to correct us. There's circumstances that that he promises to use for our good, but they're not necessarily correction for something that we have done. But whatever the source is, Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. God will work out the situation for good. And then some other sources of reproof are parents, friends, superiors, fellow Christians, and the wise. Now, these sources of reproof, they're, they're helpful to identify so that we know when they're coming at us how, how to respond to the correction helps us to recognize so that we can respond in the the right way. And it would be great if we just responded rightly to these reproofs all the time, because then we could start to live life God's way and choose to, um, to, to live a life of wisdom. But there's things that get in the way of us as we pursue wisdom. And we're going to call these things wisdom blockers in this message today. There's this commercial with one of the greatest shot blockers of all the, of all time that's been coming on recently. It has Dikembe Mutombo. Now Dikembe Mutombo was popular when I was growing up and it was pretty common for somebody on the playground as we're playing basketball to block a shot and then wag their finger at them and say, not in my house because that's what Dikembe Mutombo did. So in this commercial, there's people just doing regular things. A man's in an office. He crumples up a sheet of paper, throws it into the trash can. Out of nowhere, Dikembe Mutombo comes over and he he blocks it from going in the trash. He says, not in my house. There's a kid just trying to throw some cereal in the, the shopping cart. And he comes out, he, swat, he swats it away. He says, no, 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 not in my house. That is a picture of what these wisdom blockers do. We're going about our day. And then God brings up a situation where we can choose to respond his way or we can go our own way. And these wisdom blockers, they pop up and they say, no, 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 you're not going to go God's way unless we respond to them rightly. So we need to learn what these wisdom blockers are so that we can respond rightly to God. And these wisdom blockers are actually a part of our hearts and what is going on inside our hearts. So our sad hearts block us from gaining wisdom. Now, the Bible deals with things very honestly. And people have chosen to live life apart from God from the very beginning of creation. Adam and Eve chose to eat the fruit that God told them not to eat. And we have all put our stamp of approval on that decision as we have chosen to go our own way rather than following God's way. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And as a result of that sin, evil entered into the world. And there's things that are just in our hearts that we struggle with. And these things are, are summarized in this acrostic, sad. So the S in the sad acrostic is selfish. 
Proverbs 22.15 says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Now, this word for folly here is uh, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. And the Hebrew word here is eveleth. And eveleth means stubborn determination to have our way. Another way to say this is I want what I want when I want it. So we're all born with this selfishness. That's what this verse is talking about. And as we grow up, we just get more sophisticated in how to get what we want when we want it. Or maybe polish it a little bit so it's not just like the the two-year-old grabbing the toy. We find a different way to scheme our way to get what we want when we want it. So that's what the selfish, the S part of the set is. The A is for arrogance. Ecclesiastes 9.3 says, This is an evil in all that is done under the sun. That the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. Now, this word here for madness in the Hebrew is halela. And that is the feeling that we are superior to others and deserve more and better. So this is like saying, I deserve it. So the selfish is, I want what I want when I want it. And the arrogant is, I deserve it. I deserve it more than you. And the D is for damage. So again, that Ecclesiastes 9.3 verse, um, the word there for evil is ra'ah. And that is the willingness to do wrong and harm others to get what we want. If I have to hurt you to get it. I will, is what that is saying. So when you put all this together, what we're saying is, I want what I want when I want it. I deserve it. And I will hurt you if I have to in order to get what I want. That's what our sad hearts put together. And the most common way for for me um, to deal with this sad heart um, is in the area of correction. So the area of the reproof that we looked at. Before Gina and I started having kids, someone uh, corrected me on what they thought was my thinking about the timing of when we would start to try to have, have kids. It turned out that what they had thought and what they had heard about our decision, it, it wasn't right. They didn't have all the facts right. Um, but one of the things that, that they encouraged me to do in this conversation was basically, you know, make sure that you're taking your plans to God and you're acting in faith, not fear, or just what you think is the right way to do something, just doing what makes sense to me. Now, the, the arrogance in me in that situation wanted to discount everything we talked about. They didn't have the facts right. They didn't know really what was going on in our situation. And I struggled with this in my heart for probably a week. Um, cause, and, and I think part of the reality of the situation was I thought I was doing the right thing. We thought we were on the right track and I wanted what I wanted. I didn't want to have to deal with trying to make this major life decision right now when I thought we were already doing the right thing. So I just wrestled with this over and over again and and the arrogance in me just wanting to discount everything. Finally, I got to the point where I realized I need to pray and ask God if if what he was saying was true or if there was things that we needed to change as far as when we were planning on having kids. And God used that conversation 
to actually help us to start trying to have kids earlier. And it turns out that was just the wisdom of God to do that because pretty shortly after we had our fourth kid, Gina started having these major health problems that, that she was having. Our sad hearts, they block us from being able to see things the way that God sees them. So we need to find a way to fight through these wisdom blockers so that we don't get stuck too long in the arrogance like I was in that situation and just thinking over and over again, I don't want to listen to what they're, they're telling me they think I should do. And so one of the ways that, that we do this is that we fight through the wisdom blockers by praying for humility and fear of the Lord. Humility and fear of the Lord are the precursors to wisdom. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. And Psalm 111.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Fear of the Lord means that we take God seriously enough to do what he says. I prayed for humility and fear of the Lord almost every day for, for a few to several years um, I wanted the advantages that I had seen with people who had wisdom in my life. And over time, what happened was God showed me ways that I needed to humble myself, ways that I needed to choose humility. He showed me ways that I needed to choose to fear him instead of trusting in myself and go, wanting to go my own way. So be careful when you pray this prayer. Be ready to make some changes in your life. God is continuing to show me things that I need to humble myself and choose to fear him rather than trusting in myself in my own ways. But as you pray this over time, God will work in your life and he will give you these precursors of wisdom, which will help open you up to see things that's to see your situations in life from God's perspective and to choose to do what's going to result in a better life rather than a worse life. Another way that we um, can uh, work to fight against our sad hearts and these wisdom blockers is to memorize scripture, uh, to battle the thoughts and the feelings that we're having related to our sad hearts. So we, we memorize scripture to battle the thoughts and feelings of this, the sadness in our hearts, the sad things in our hearts. Psalm 119, 9 through 11 talks about how hiding God's word in your heart, how that is a way to, the way to live life God's way. And so it really helps to have verses that you've memorized for situations that you're going to encounter that you can remember those verses to choose to respond rightly um, in that situation. So a verse for selfishness could be Philippians 2, 3, and 4. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So this verse it talks about you. It's okay to look to your own interests, but you also need to look to others' interests. We're really good at looking at our own interests. And so we need to really focus on not being selfish and looking out for the interests of others as well. For arrogance, you might want to memorize Proverbs 11.2 that we, we just read. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. 
And then for damage, <clears throat> Proverbs twelve thirteen. An evil man, and that word evil in this verse is the same as that word for damage, the raw. An evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous escapes from trouble. God gives us the tools to fight these wisdom blockers, to fight against the selfishness, the arrogance, and the damage that is just naturally in our hearts. But we have to use to use these tools in our fight so that we can get past these wisdom blockers to pursue wisdom. And we do that as we take God's word and apply it to our life, as we practice and do what God says to do. So I want to wrap up the message with some next steps that you can take to apply God's word to your life and put it into practice this week. The first next step is to pray for humility and fear of the Lord every day this week. Start praying that God would give you character that is is humble, that fears him rather than doing life your own way. Start praying for those things and see what situations crop up that you can choose to humble yourself in this week, or you can choose to go God's way rather than the way you think you should go. Another way, uh, next step, is to memorize a verse on Fill in the blank. If it's selfishness or arrogance or damage, which one of those do you feel like you struggle with the most? You want to memorize that verse this week to use in situations where you're tempted to be arrogant or you're tempted to be selfish or you're tempted to hurt somebody to get what you want. And then the last next step that you might want to take is read a proverb a day for a month. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, and there is just full of ways to push past these wisdom blockers and to seek and pursue wisdom in your life. Let's pray and let's ask God to help us to move past these wisdom blockers and pursue his ways in life. God, we thank you so much that your word, the Bible, gives us so much instruction, so much help for how to Choose to live life your way. Lord, help us to push past and fight against the selfishness, the arrogance, and the damage in our hearts. Help us to choose a next step that's going to to give us the power to fight through those things so that we can find wisdom and experience the advantages that come from living life your way. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.